it's hard to know what to talk about right now. Mm. What should we waffle about? Are we recording? We are recording, yes. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know. Lucky I didn't say anything too weird or embarrassing. How unusual. Mm. <laughs> yes, it is I am a bit... wearing pants, so that's what's embarrassing. Oh, my God. Yes, you are. Well yeah. done. Well done, sir. So am I. <laughs> pants are overrated. If you say so. Okay, yes, pants. Maybe you're overrated. Why are we talking about pants? I don't know because there's a lot I don't want to talk about. There's a lot we don't want to talk about. Yeah, we're we're trying to make our podcast happy and uplifting because there's a lot of shit happening in the world right now. And, yes, you may have to block out that. At least I didn't say the other word I was thinking Mm. of. Um, Yes, there's a lot of stuff happening in the world right now. And um, we here at the Bot History... Just want to put it out there that we're with you. Indeed. We're with you in sound and voice and history. Yes, absolutely. And trying to focus on positive things Mm -hmm. and share just bizarre stuff, really. Yes. Because that's fun. It is. It's really, really fun. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, and we need a bit of fun. Now that there's no footy for two months, which makes sad Susie sad, and Eurovision, that oh yeah. God, I don't want to talk about that. I'm no. too, I'm too sad about Eurovision. But yeah, so it'll come back next year. Mm-hmm. Go Switzerland. <laughs> let's get on with silly history then, shall yes, we? Yes, let's get on with silly history because this one day will all be history. I am hoping that it happens soon. <laughs> what the history? history. Hello and welcome to What The History, your bizarre bits of history to make you say What The History. Funny that. <laughs> I am Trevor Holland and I am joined by... Susie Holland. And what bizarre bit of history do you have for us this evening? Okay, well we'll start off my portion of our awesome podcast by asking a question. Okay, guys ready? What does the following songs have in common? Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty. Midnight City by M83, awesome song. Us and Them by Pink Floyd. Modern Love by David Bowie. Barbados by The Models. 1990s Time for the Guru by Guru Josh. Yeah, go and um, find that on Spotify. It is awesome. And Never Tear Us Apart by NXS. Well, give up. They wouldn't all be as fabulous as they are without a certain instrument. Can you guess what it is? The very versatile saxophone. But did you know that this amazing instrument found itself several times in history banned? Now, the patent records for the saxophone show it was lodged by Belgian Antoine in 1846. Five years before that, in 1841, Adolphe, who was a flute and clarinet student at the Brussels Conservatory of Music, decided that there was a missing space in the orchestra just waiting to be filled Adolphe created the new sound he was looking for by the merging of two instruments, a woodwind instrument and a brass instrument. Using the study of the bass clarinet, he joined a single reed to a conical bore and the ability to overblow at the octave. Adolphe had created a new instrument that he called, of course, the saxophone. 
An excited Adolphe showed the saxophone to the composer Hector Beloitz, who got just as excited and later wrote an article for the Paris magazine Journal de Debat about what the saxophone could mean for composed music. In fact, Adolphe had more than one idea for the new saxophone. Included in the 1846 patent was plans for 14 different sounding saxophones, from F contrabass all the way up to E flat sopranino. This guy does not do things by halves. Back to 1841, with bands loving his new sound, Adolphe moved to France in 1842, and in the same year, his composer friend Hector Boloitz debuted his composition Chant Sacra, which had a prominent use of the baritone saxophone. In 1849, Adolphe showcased the saxophone at the Paris Industrial Exhibition, winning gold. However, the more traditional musical establishment made the displeasure known by trying to take him down as they did not approve of this new kid on the block, not only creating a new instrument, but they were worried Adolf was going to take their business. They did this by setting fire to his building, stealing his designs and even attempting to kill him. He survived this and in 1858 to 1870 was the teacher of the saxophone at the Paris Conservatory with a number of his instruments being added to the French army bands. The creator of the saxophone went bankrupt three times fighting lawsuits and detractors, finally living out his days sadly destitute, dying in 1894 at the age of 79. In the early 1900s, dance bands picked up the instrument, literally, and a new powerful sultry sound was born, one people could sway their hips to and cut the rug. Then the resistance towards the instrument began again. The Vatican got in on the action, beginning the banning of the saxophone in 1914 due to possible suggestive dance moves, which may lead to other things. Oh my, <laughs> oh my goodness. And in 1933, with the rise of Nazism in Germany, the saxophone was banned there too, along with other art platforms that the Nazis took a disliking to. Boo. Boo, hiss associating the saxophone with African-American dance music history, labelling this fabulous instrument, quote, degenerate art, boo, hiss, Nazis, end quote, <laughs> and wanting to promote a, the more favoured Aryan culture. It was reported even that SS soldiers would knock the instrument out of the mouths of people attempting to play the saxophone. Naughty people. Stalinist Russia in the early 1930s also had a go at banning the saxophone being a symbol of jazz music for the reasons of being a symbol of the bourgeois imperialist American culture that Stalin was against. I personally love the sound of the saxophone. The saxophone to me is like the bass guitar. It's part of the backbone of a musical piece. It's the sound of freedom where players can make the instrument sound hard or soft and depending on the type of saxophone, high or low. It's whatever you want it to be, and in my humble opinion, this can be another reason why it was banned. It allowed freedom that its detractors wanted to oppress. And women took to the saxophone as early as 1876 with Edda Morgan, who was successful in a male-dominated musical world, Elsie Hoffman in 1889, and Bessie Mecklem in 1892, and, of course, Lisa Simpson from the TV show The Simpsons, whose instrument of choice was a saxophone, who went on to inspire more women to play. Let's welcome Adolph Sachs to What the History, and thank you, good sir.
Indeed. Yay. Thank you, Adolf. I love your instrument. So I much think awesome. It's, it's beautiful. Did not deserve the shelling he got for that. The shelling he got for mm. that. Oh, beautiful segue. I mean, these people that were against it, they must have been a bunch of old fossils. Old fossils, yes. Mm. Yes, I can see where you're going with this, but lead on. Well, I <laughs> tortured segues. Ahoy. <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to move on because that was a... Very tortured segue. Okay. Sometimes, stories of great people dwell in things so commonplace that many people don't even realise how important they were. For example, there is one particular tongue twister that I've known as far back as I can remember. Originally written, quote, She sells seashells on the seashore. The shells... (laughs) The shells she sells are seashells, I'm sure. So if she sells seashells on the seashore, then I'm sure she sells seashore shells. End quote. Well done. Penned by Terry Sullivan in 1908, this little ditty pays tribute to a woman who helped turn an aristocratic hobby into scientific endeavour without the privileges provided by either wealth or formal education. Born on 21st of May 1799 in Lyme Regis, England, Mary Anning had very humble beginnings. Her father, Richard, was a cabinet maker who supplemented his income by collecting and selling the strange fossils collected from nearby cliffs and shoreline. Lyme Regis is located in Dorset and forms part of the now World Heritage listed Jurassic Coast, so named due to the abundance of fossils located in the area. Mary and her brother, Joseph, were very eager helpers in their father's side business with Mary showing quite the aptitude for locating and unearthing fossilised oddities. Richard died from tuberculosis in 1810, and 11-year-old Mary focused even more on the side business to help keep the family afloat. At this point, Richard had been in debt, so the Anning family were largely relying on handouts and living hand-to-mouth. Joseph was becoming more focused on working as an upholsterer, and most of the family's money was made by Mary's sale of her fossils to museums and curiosity-seeking nobles. Within a year, Joseph located the head of an ichthyosaur fossil. However, Mary showed incredible perseverance and care, and she ultimately unearthed what was believed to be the first complete ichthyosaur ever found before she turned 12. Yay! This was quite a turning point. The family was well paid for the complete skeleton, but not quite well enough to get them out of debt, and the discovery was used as the basis for the first scientific paper about the Ichiosaur, which was published in 1814. Neither Mary or Joseph received any accreditation for the discovery. Ah, that's rotten. In 1820, things were getting particularly desperate for the Annings. Mary had not found much in the way of significant fossils for quite some time, and Joseph was now fully focused on trying to work as an upholsterer. Things had gotten so bad, the family had started selling their furniture to pay rent and buy food. Thomas Birch, a local naturalist, was one of Mary's regular customers and was very distressed by the family's misfortune. Thomas took his collection of fossils to London to auction them off for the best available price, using the proceeds to help Mary and her family get out of their dire financial situation. With Joseph no longer fossil hunting, 
Mary's only companion in her expeditions was her pet dog, Trey. Digging around for hours in clay and rock falls at the base of a cliff was not the safest occupation for anyone, and Mary had more than a few close calls. The closest call, sadly, took Trey's life. Mary wrote about it in a letter to a friend. Quote, Perhaps you will laugh when I say that the death of my old faithful dog quite upset me. The cliff fell upon him and killed him in a moment before my eyes and close to my feet. It was but a moment between me and the same fate. End quote. Despite her efforts and the quality of her finds, Mary did not find much in the way of official recognition until 1823. When she was 24, Mary discovered the first complete plesiosaurus skeleton. This discovery was so remarkable that experts at the time initially believed it was fake. One of the main doubters, George Cuvier, examined the fossil carefully before declaring, quote, it's the most amazing creature ever discovered, end quote. This was a major turning point for the self-educated Mary. Scientists and wealthy naturalists came from all around to meet Mary and, dis- and examine her discoveries. One such visitor, Lady Harriet Sylvester, wrote in her diary, quite a long quote coming this way, <laughs> she has made herself so thoroughly acquainted with the science that the moment she finds any bones, she knows to what tribe they belong. She fixes a bone on a frame with cement and then makes drawings and has them engraved. By reading an application, she has arrived to the degree of knowledge as to be in the habit of writing and talking with professors and other clever men on the subject, and they all acknowledge that she understands more of the science than anyone else in this kingdom. End quote. Wow. Mary had what could arguably be considered her best year of discoveries in 1828. She found Bellamnordia fossils that still contained ink bags. Bellamnordia defended themselves by skirt by squirting ink into the water, much like modern-day squids. Remarkably, the ink inside the bags had not fossilised, and Mary worked out it could still be used in pens, leading to a boost in local tourism and local artists using the ink to draw pictures of Mary's fossils. Oh, that's amazing. Mary followed up by working out what some other strange remains were. By breaking open the strange formations and discovering bones and fish scales inside them, she worked out she was handling fossilised dinosaur poo and kick-started the study of coprolites to determine the diets of long-extinct creatures. She rounded out the year by unearthing the first evidence of a pterosaur ever found outside of Germany. On top of that, it was a previously undiscovered species, Dimorphon macronix. This proved to be another big boon to the local area. Mary continued to find some of the finest examples of fossils up until 1845, when she was diagnosed with breast cancer. She died in 1847 at the age of 47. Mary remained largely unknown despite regular tributes to her in the following years. In 1865, Charles Dickens wrote a lengthy tribute to her, concluding with, quote, Her history shows what humble people may do if they have just the purpose and courage enough towards promoting the cause of science. The inscription under her memorial window commemorates her usefulness in furthering the science of geology. It was not a science when she began to discover, and so she helped make it one. And also her benevolence of heart and integrity of life. The carpenter's daughter has won a name for herself 
and has deserved to win it. End quote. It took until 2010 mm. for Mary to be recognised by the Royal Society as one of the 10 British women who have had the greatest influence on the development of science. Dr. Andrew Curry, a lecturer in sociology, philosophy and anthropology at the University of Exeter, said in an interview with ABC Radio National Australia in May 2019, quote, Historians have only come to appreciate Mary Anning's work in the last 20 years. I think we will have to wait another 20 to fully appreciate just how wide her influence was. End quote. Hopefully more will be known about Mary Anning and her selling of totally not seashells in the near future, with Ammonite, a movie about her starring Kate Winslet and Saoirse Ronan, currently in production. Mary Anning, unfortunately, never got the recognition of her achievements during her lifetime, or through numerous renditions of She Sells Seashells over the years. I'm hoping that her long overdue recognition is finally coming to pass, and I'm super proud to welcome her as one of the heroes of What the History. Yay! What an amazing woman. Absolutely amazing. And I'm sad that she was never recognised fully in her lifetime. And she deserved to be. She deserved to know how fantastic she was and the influence that she had on so many people. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like, when you look back at history, and, I mean, more of them are coming to light, thankfully, but so many people, because they didn't have that education, they didn't have that wealthy background, they Mm. just have done amazing things and have gone unrecognised. So I'm really hoping that that I can uncover some more of them and yeah. um, and and bring them to you because these amazing people deserve to be remembered. I know we've we've dug up a few in the past, yep, and hopefully we'll get quite a few more in the future. Absolutely, so, I, I really. I mean, we've been singing this since we were little, and yeah. the massive tongue twister, and it's about a woman that was largely unrecognized. Yeah, I honestly, and she discovered so many things and. And she's, oh, I'm, I'm lost for words. She's wonderful. I honestly did not know that She Sells Seashells was based on a woman who collected fossils until mm. not not really all that long ago in the grand scheme of things. Exactly, Only really yeah. a handful of years. And, and then I had no idea of the of the impact she had. So On science. Yeah. You know, I love science and... You know, I do love fossils and I love dinosaurs and I really love all those paleontology. I think it's fascinating as anything. And she was a forerunner. She was the queen. She is... We love you, Mary. Awesome. We love you. We love you like we love history. And That's we right. We do love history. You all love history <laughs> out there as well. So if you want to know more about any of the history we've discussed... That's a better segue beautiful you can check out links to all our references down in the podcast description Mm -hmm. and uh definitely click through there's some great reading um again we we go for bite size so (laughs) if you want to have a digger deep please do it is absolutely there's some fantastic stuff down there there sure is delve into it dive into it because if you're in quarantine you're going to do lots of reading and i encourage you to read and do fantastic things while things are on the lockdown. Mm-hmm. And if you are in lockdown as well. Um, We're thinking if, of you. 
Indeed, and we know that this is impacting a lot of people. Mm. So, um, we're so many of our friends yeah, are impacted. That's right. We're we're not too bad ourselves, but um, uh, hopefully he won't mind me saying this. But uh, my co-host of Redeeming Futures, Christian Fletcher, mm-hmm. um, a lot of his income is based on running events. So, with that in mind, I have finally set up the Rufus Project presents Patreon page. Very worthy. And uh, if uh, if you have already signed up to that, that means you've got this episode a little earlier than other people. Uh, we uh, we do have a little. Uh, I won't go into it in too much detail. There is a, a special release podcast you should have hopefully have already seen uh, that came out both on the both on the redeeming features and what the history feeds. And of course, you can go to patreon.com slash Rufus Project to check out more details about the tier levels and the little awesomes and extras that we hope to give you. That's right. Um, and, and yeah, so I mean, we don't, you don't have to, if you can't, if you can't pay anything to us, I mean, the lowest tier is $3 a month. We understand that that could be an issue with people as well. Mm, so we, we have no pressure, no pressure at all. Um, I was just, you know, really aiming to try to I suppose just get uh, a little extra in that they're can then be shared uh, amongst the, the creators of, of these wonderful po- po- podcasts. 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 Uh, That's what programs, we do. Podcasts. Pogroms. Pogroms. What's a pogrom? <laughs> I don't know. <gasps> oh, talk to that. And, uh, yes. That sets it up. But look, if, if you don't want to do that, you can still help support us and help get us out there by yeah. sharing us around, sharing us on social media, Absolutely. rating and reviewing us on your We're favorite on Instagram podcast. now as well. Oh, yes. And definitely follow the What the History Pod on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the moment, I've been releasing daily to day in history oh, facts. And they are so interesting. They're just tiny, tiny little tidbits of just. History. It's wonderful. And we do have quite a few people at the minute following us, so thank you. And we're always wanting more to get the word out there that history is way cool. Indeed. A lot of those facts are probably going to make their way onto the list for future episodes. Because they're so good. <laughs> they're so funny. And, and informative. Indeed. So if you want to know more about the stuff we do or what we've done, you can head to uh, the Rufus Project Presents homepage at rufusproject.com, and that's the home for What the History, Redeeming Features, and links to the old Rufus Project podcast archives. Um, You can get in touch with us by uh, leaving a comment just below this episode uh, or sending us an email to wthpod at rufusproject.com or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram mm-hmm. super duper easily. On Spotify too. Yes, I was going to go to the fact that Sorry. you can listen to us Sorry. on Apple Podcasts, yes. you can listen to us on Spotify and you can listen to us on your favourite podcast app. Yeah, you can listen to us anywhere while you're working out on the treadmill or a makeshift um, exercise regime. Mm-hmm. And we always try to keep it family friendly. Except the S word that was uttered before, but I think it was in good context. Indeed, and uh, it's easy enough to add a bleep. You can add your own bleep if you want. <laughs> so on that note, <laughs> I think uh, it's about time to wrap it up. We're still trying to get a regular schedule back. A long-time listeners will know that we had a bit of – we had our own fun time before current – 
fun times. Oh, my Lord. Oh, boy. <laughs> what a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, can, we, we, would have, we would have to do a whole new podcast series to cover what's happened over the past year. Oh, so we won't do that to you no, now. No, we will not. So anyway, to all you wonderful What The Historians out there, keep enjoying history. Let us know your favourite bits of history. And we will be back with two more bizarre bits of history to make you say, what what the history. history. Good night, everyone. Much love to you all. Farewell. Be safe.